0: You are now about to witness the strength of street knowledge. Welcome to Voice Junkie. To the champions. On behalf of the NCAA and the Division One Men's Basketball Championship, I want to thank both teams for a terrific effort on tonight. And also during this Entire tournament.
1: And now I'm here to pass over to Hardware. The National Championship
0: Trophy. Well, 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 what do you know? The Yukon Huskies wrapping up another championship. I would say it's surprising, but, you know, when you're used to winning so many championships over the years, it comes to you a little naturally. But yes... The Yukon Huskies won another championship. This is championship number five in, uh what, 25 years? So we've won five championships since 1999. We tied Duke with this fifth championship. So for all those Dukies out there who talk about how great Duke is and that and love to live in the past, the Grant Hill days and all of that, well... You ain't been that dominant since the Grand Hill days, to be honest. You might have got a victory here and there. But you look at the Huskies, we've pretty much dominated in the last 20 years. Now we're back to being the preeminent favorites that we so uh used to in the past. So check it out. We have a lot of the kids that are playing in this game are coming back. So they're already saying that Klingon will be coming back. Donovan Klingon from Bristol, Connecticut. He'll be coming back. That's the 7-2 center who just moves. He has great feet. I mean, he runs up and down the court. He's going to be a monster once he's fully developed. And they're also saying that supposedly he's got a like front face game where he can shoot a little bit like 12 feet out and all of that that we didn't even get to see because, you know, he's back up to Sanogo. So, man, I can't wait to see the development of Klingon next year. We don't know. Uh, uh, what? Well, yeah, we know that uh, Jackson Jr. is coming back. So that's going to be huge because he's going to be like a a veteran presence that can usher along the young guys that's becoming the new veterans like Klingon and the new class that's coming in. Now, the new class that's coming in, I'm not really familiar with some of the names yet, but from all intended purposes, from what I've heard, they're pretty good. It's a really good class coming in. So UConn's going to be back next year. It, it, It shouldn't be no surprise to people. I'm just glad now, finally. Finally now, the media is giving the UConn men's program the goddamn respect it deserves because it's been long overdue. And I used to rail about this stuff for years. I used to say, why does everyone keep talking about Duke? They ignore UConn. They they act like UConn doesn't even exist. Like, we don't have just as many championships. Like, we don't have just as much success. Like, we don't have just as many professional athletes that went up into the next level into the NBA. We got all of those things. But yet, still, we didn't get the love that the Dukies got. Now, we're getting that love. Now, everyone's starting to see... Exactly the type of powerhouse we've been cultivating here in Connecticut. It's a powerhouse. The men win and the women win. Just to to jump into the game real quick. UConn dominated the game towards the end, but it was a little bit of a game in the first half. Uh, the, the San Diego State kids are pretty good, man. They, they're a bunch of long guys. It's like a bunch of Longs, Pascal Siakams and Kawhi Leonard's. It's like their whole team is built with extreme length wing players. You know, a lot of those guys are going to be pretty good utility players when they go to the league. But yeah, man, those kids were gutsy, but everyone knew going in that UConn just had the best talent. It was just all a matter of will UConn show up until take the team seriously that they're playing and they did they did what they had done all tournament and that's beat teams by double digits so winning by double digits against such an impressive team Sonogo was a machine the whole time he got you know, best player of the tournament, and rightfully so. I mean, the guy is like a machine. He's got a really good motor that I think will translate into the league. He'll be a good, uh, you know, role player, in my opinion. I don't see a perennial all-star, but I do see a guy that can get you double-doubles every single night and give you his best effort. You had, um, who else? Sonogo played his tail off, of course. Um, You had so many timely shots. I mean, Hawkins hit a timely three when San Diego cut it down to five points in the second half, which was ridiculous. The one thing I didn't like about the Huskies this year is that they're so talented, man. Like sometimes they get bored. During games where they just sometimes lapse and fall have, they have these lapses where they just get bored and fall asleep. They let teams come back sometimes and they, they're not really the best when it comes to closing. That's when they had that, that really bad losing stretch, uh, months ago when they were, you know, 14 and 0, and then they lost like some ridiculous, like seven out of eight or something like that. And it was a lot attributed to that was just the lack of closing. Uh, falling asleep, not keeping the same intensity throughout the game. And they kind of did that with San Diego. And Hawkins ended that run, hit a big three, put him back up eight. And then from that point on, they just didn't look back again. Hawkins, though, that kid is going to definitely be a first rounder because he's got an NBA shot. I mean, he's catch and shoot. NBA teams love catch and shoot. I mean, that whole league is predicated on catch and shoot right now, pick and roll pick and pop, spot up shooters that got to shoot quick. Klay Thompson's made a Hall of Fame career out of it. So if Hawkins can um, keep that shot and and improve it and work on his game as far as getting off the dribble, I think he struggled with longer defenders on the perimeter. He couldn't really get away from them as much. Um, The NBA has nothing but long defenders that roam around the perimeter. So he has to get better at handling the ball and maybe he has to get a little stronger where he can kind of just like push guys off. So, um, you know, he, he's got a bright future, but other than that, we're incredibly proud to be the college basketball capital of the world. Yeah, I said it. Look at the track record. It's undeniable. The championships speak for themselves. You can keep denying, we'll keep counting. I asked Endeavor CEO Ari Emanuel and WWE founder Vince McMahon how this all happened during our
1: exclusive interview on Sunday in Los Angeles. This is the biggest thing. Ari Emanuel and Vince McMahon have ever done. Yeah, combining forces like this is there's nothing like this. There's never been anything like this. People have been talking about this for a long time. There were a lot of there. other suitors sure here, were. you know, but Ari really the synergies. Everyone was was very interested in us, and I appreciate that. But the synergies that Ari brings, totally different than everyone else. That said, many doubted we would ever see this day. That you would ever be willing to sell a controlling stake in your right. company right. you are the WWE and the WWE is you so why uh, it's, it it's the right time it's the right time to do the right thing and it's the next evolution of WWE I could probably do what Ari is right now with the see it take me 10 years you know by the time I would grab those 10 years, you'd be 10 years ahead again. So it's like, it makes all the sense in the world for all these synergies that we have you know, to extract all of the value we can out of the marketplace. The deal
0: values UFC, you mentioned some numbers, $12 billion and WWE at
1: 9.3 billion.
0: That's a big number. So there you have it. WWE as a standalone company is no more. It is now owned by Endeavor. of the company is now owned by Endeavor. Endeavor owns UFC. And now the two companies that were competitors will now be under the same umbrella. Now, the question is, what is it going to be called? What the new company is going to be called? No one knows. They said that 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 information will be released within the next few weeks or a couple months or so. That would be interesting. The the trading symbol on the stock market will be TKO. So the old WWE symbol is out of there. Um, the UFC or Endeavor symbol. I don't know what that was, but that'll be out of there. So some details that goes with this deal. First of all, Vince McMahon did a really smart deal. I was crunching the numbers down. I'll get to that in a second. But just to fill you guys in, Vince McMahon owns 28.75 million shares of the WWE. So that's what he owns. Because of the merger, because of this deal, and how the shareholders will still own 49% of WWE, his 29 Almost 29 million shares will now be converted into equity of the new company that gets launched. Whatever that new company is going to be called, Vince will now own 19% of that new company that has UFC under it, that has WBE under it. He's going to be still just as powerful, maybe even more powerful because he's going to be in multiple worlds now. What also had me thinking was since the shareholders still own technically 49% of WBE... And now that they'll have the new company as far as how the shares convert and all of that jazz. It had me thinking about his kids and their ownership and like the rest of the family. I'm not sure what Linda owns, if she owns still. I'm sure she still has shares, Uh, his former ex-wife. What I do know is that Steph owns around two and a half percent of WBE, which uh, gives voting power of four and a half percent. So Steph owns that. It's reported. It's kind of vague out there, but it is kind of reported that I guess Shane owns around the same percentage in shares, two and a half percent. Let's just take that. Let's say Shane owns around the same percentage as Steph. That's five percent. Now, Hunter, I don't know what his share percentage is. Let's just put Hunter around one percent. So let's say the family outside of Vince has about five to ten percent. All right. We just we don't know the real statistical numbers, but bear with me. Let's say they own about five to 10 percent. Put that, you know, I don't know what those percentages convert into the new company, but I'm sure it's pretty high. So you put that alongside Vince's newly vested 19 percent equity in the complete company. Hell, the McMahons is probably going to own 20 to 30 percent of this new company regardless. So. These guys, man. You talk about succession. This is like Vince McMahon. Really, he is uh, Roy, the guy, the old guy on Succession. That that's Vince. Vince did some real succession stuff here, man. He did some real good. I'm talking about this is business class type of stuff that he did here, and he did all of this. Got more powerful and went back door to taking over creative because now it's being reported that Vince McMahon is more and more involved in (laughs) in creative, which a lot of people who's very familiar with Vince, who's worked with Vince over the years, knew from the very beginning that Vince was not going to just walk away from the company. He wasn't just going to cede power and control. He's never done it. And he's not planning on doing it anytime soon at the age of 77. The guy is really a Bond villain. He's living life like a Bond villain. He stepped away from sexual allegations for a few months. Dated a little hottie on the side. Came back with hair colored dye and a mustache. A mustache. I mean, he looks like an equestrian, for God's sakes. He don't care, man. He said, oh, uh, that other Vince, that ain't, I don't know who that guy is. This is the new Vince man. Vince is a wild dude, man. But you know what? He's very intelligent. He's like the anti-Donald Trump. The guy knows what he's doing when it comes to business. He said, look, you guys think I got rid of power or I, I sold my completely sold my company? No, I didn't. All I did was get investors to buy into my company, make it even bigger than it was much faster, deducting 10 years in time. He said it during the interview you heard during the beginning of this segment. Guy knows what he's doing. And that's why he was brought back to execute the kind of deal that he executed. Now, let's get to the creative side real quick. What the hell happened on Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania? They're supposed to be the biggest Raw of the year to, uh, traditionally. And uh, I'm going to take a quote from LaShawn McCoy. That Raw was ass-ass. I mean, it, it, I don't know what was going on outside of Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn and uh, some... Bright spots with Roman coming out and the bloodline. Anything that's involved in the bloodline is gold. I mean, not gold. It's platinum. So you can pretty much bring that to the bank when it comes to the bloodline. Outside of the bloodline, you had Omas back on the show. Nobody gives a rat's ass about Omas. He's a big Nigerian giant who not very skillful in the ring. He's just vanilla ice cream. When he comes out, he doesn't really even get a reaction. That's really hard for uh, a pause. That's really hard to do for a guy as big as him to not get any reaction. Usually when you're a giant, you're going to get some kind of reaction just for being big. Omos is so vanilla ice cream, his character, that his size doesn't even make up for it. People are just not interested. But as I digress, yeah, Matt Riddle come out, all this other stuff. So anyway, I don't want to... Go over the review of uh, the Raw after WrestleMania, but there was some Vince McMahon-isms in that show. Red flags were all over. There was a lot of stuff that didn't make sense, and it was reported that there was some meddling going on. Scripts were being changed an hour before the show. Everything looked like Vince again. And the funny thing is Triple H came out to start the show to say, Hey guys, everything's fine. Don't listen to your lying ears and eyes, but everything's fine. Talent in the back. Thank you. Thank you for being you. Thank you for being the talent that you are. You know, let me stop. He didn't do that. But he was he was he was copping some pleas to start the show. Because he knew as well as everybody else that the end was near as far as his reign. His short, short, short reign as creative director for the WWE. It's sad too because he's the right guy for the job. But you have an overbearing founder like Vince McMahon that just don't want to step away from his baby that he helped create. You have this type of unfortunate situation. Cody Rhodes, he'll be fighting Brock now. He, they got him away from Roman Reigns. The Roman Reigns problem is still a problem. You still have both belts tied up into one guy, which is not a good thing. They've pigeonholed themselves into this, into this situation. Now they have to rock with Roman until 1,000 days because now it's the march to a 1,000 days as far as his title reigns uh, concerned. And after that, God knows what they're going to do. The, the bloodline storyline is kind of on his last legs. Clearly, Vince doesn't seem like he wants to dissolve it yet. Uh, he wants to still squeeze more pennies out of that or squeeze more juice out of that fruit and sell more t-shirts. I mean, we'll see what happens. doesn't look good, but I tell you what, things aren't as good right now in AEW, but I tell you what, if you are AEW talented that's a little disgruntled today, I know you're probably feeling a lot better about your decision to come to AEW because of all of this news that's happening now with the competitor WWE, Vince McMahon is back at it again. And I would sure as hell work under Tony Khan, the fanboy, rather than working for the overbearing 77-year-old Bond villain with a mustache. You know, there's many different ways you can support the Trendaholic or the Voice Junkie podcast. One of those ways is doing something you normally do in your personal life, like, I don't know, stream movies. So in that light, you can accept with graciousness the gift of seven days free from Apple TV Plus on your boy yes me chuck from the voice junkie podcast is giving away a free week of apple tv plus i mean it's a free trial if you want to support the podcast hit the link below in the description box it'll bring you right to the page so you can get that free week apple tv plus